This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Rams Talk, the preview show. Well, it's been a rough couple of weeks, but we have a couple of games to get back on track. The first of which is a game against Forest Green this Friday. Delighted to be joined by BBC Radio Gloucestershire summariser for Forest Green, Josh Evans. Josh, how you doing, mate? I'm not too bad, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I mean, I've been better. We've, uh, as you're probably aware, we're on the back of three consecutive defeats, not scoring a goal. So things among the fan base are a little bit, um, don't know the right word to be honest, but a bit negative at the moment, but hoping we can put things right um, with the, the game on, on Friday and then quick fire game on Monday as well. Um, obviously, want to talk to you about Forest Green this evening, uh, find out a bit more about how they'll line up, how the season's gone so far. Um, and, and I'll start on on that, Josh, if that's all right. How has the season gone so far? Sum it up for me. It's It's been difficult, really. The, the first season in League One, it, it's, it's always going to be a challenge, I think. Um, they didn't really get the recruitment right in the summer, and it's kind of always been a bit of a thing from that. I think Birchnell was, was in charge initially. Dale Vince openly admitted that it didn't quite get the recruitment right. Um, brought in Stevie Grieve, who who came in around around November, uh, October, November time. He's now out the door as well after just five months in charge. So it's been just a lot of change in in terms of uh, in, on the pitch, off the pitch. Uh, chief executive left uh, towards the back end of last year. Ian Birch, like I said, he's he's moved on. So there's just been a lack of stability, both boardroom level and on the pitch. I, I looked at certain players to who played last time. I think there's only four players who, who actually played or five players who played in the, the reverse fixture in, in only December. So it, it's it's a real odd time to have so many changes and to get the continuity there is, is so, so difficult. And I just think they're just kind of paying the price for, for not having that sort of preparation in place and having to now kind of battle and trying to weave together players who don't necessarily know each other in January. It was... It's always going to be a challenge, and, and Dunks now inherited a, a kind of a team that is not necessarily his, but he's trying to do his best to try and piece everything together. So difficult to sum it up, but there's been a, a lot of things that haven't necessarily gone for Forest Green's way, and that's probably why they find themselves at the bottom of the table. Yeah, and among the fan base, I mean, at the start of the season was was this the expectation? Was there 
was it a case of yes, we want to kind of consolidate and and stay in League One, or did you did they see this coming? I guess. Uh, I think at the same time you have that bit of optimism that it's, it, yes, it's going to be difficult, and then on the first day of the season, winning away at Bristol Rovers, that probably then set everybody so happy that thinking it's it's amazing, it's stepping up a division, finishing top of League Two. And then coming into a League One season that is, don't get me wrong, it's going to be so, so difficult. I don't think Bristol Rovers were at the strongest that day either. I think I can remember Joey Barton saying this is not going to be his team coming into the start of the season. That was July the 30th. Um, so that definitely got the the ball rolling in terms of it's going to be amazing. And then since then, there's not been an away win. So, um, yeah, absolutely difficult. I think the expectation was just try and stay up by all means necessary. And the, as the season's gone on, it's been a realisation that staying up would be an absolutely monumental feat. And it's become a bit more realistic as the as the season has gone on. And and then enduring uh, 106 days without without a win was, was difficult in the middle of the season. That actually started with Derby away. So uh, kind of back-to-back wins against... Um, Cambridge and Cheltenham, followed by Derby. But at the, at the time of going to Derby, it was kind of like, well, we're not probably going to get anything from Derby, but just go and give it a go if if you get beat, and then and then so be it. But and then that kind of started the started the downward trend. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's been situations. I mean, for Derby, we lost away at Ipswich, and that I suppose turned us into a, a different side for the the run we went on. And I think there's been when speaking to other fans in League One, there's been that one game that's kind of led to a bit of a free fall, free fall, or or actually the the reverse, really. So, yeah, well, sorry about that, uh, <laughs> Forest Green fans. Sorry about that. I mean, casting your mind back to that game, obviously it was a four nil um, comfortable victory for for Derby, a David McGoldrick hat trick. Um, you've said there about, I, I guess it's you know, a situation when you go to the likes of. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich away, you know, it, it's a tough place to go and, and there's no real expectations. What do you remember from, from that particular game? An incredible performance from McGoldrick. I think I tweeted that day. Um, that will probably be the best striker or striking performance that we'll see in League One this season because he was genuinely unplayable. And um, I've watched him before many a time thinking this guy's got such ability at his feet. You, you think to yourself, hasn't necessarily got all the attributes to be a, a, a top, top player, but for League One standard, it's genuinely, he, he can tear games apart and he, he certainly did that day. Um, getting a hat-trick and just just solid finishes, solid goals and just everything just stuck to his chest and boot and it was just looking at it thinking, oh, it was just, it was just never going to be that day and I suppose I can remember Brian Fabima, who's actually gone back to Chelsea now. He had a header in the first half, and you thought, obviously, on with the back-to-back wins as well. Um, you thought if he, if only he could have just headed that on target, and you might have gained a bit of confidence. But I think it kind of just came in, and then he, the, the, the header just went looping over, and you just thought, is that going to be the chance to kind of get any sort of foothold? And I think that was the only chance of note that day. So. Other than that, it was a pretty much a, an onslaught from Derby, and and like I said, it's almost started the the downhill trend that that, that followed. And sixteen games without a win was a, a long, long time. And until mm. so you get to Sheffield Wednesday, and then you turn over Sheffield Wednesday, and it's like, wow, 
where's that come from? Where's that performance come from? But they played brilliantly that day. And that's the kind of performance that just hasn't given the fans enough to kind of write home about this year. Yeah, I mean, it was a surprise for everyone, wasn't it, in the division to see that that you beat Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, they're, they're struggling a little bit. They look like, you know, they were almost home and dry back in the championship and just waiting to be joined by one of the chasing pack. But, I mean, similar to, to Derby, they seem to have faltered recently. Um, you said you played well there. Was was there a particular individual that, that played well on that day or was it was it more of a team performance? I think the collective unit was just just brilliant that day they, they all pressed to the team it's kind of a, an odd sets up in like a 4-3-3 formation but that day it was very it almost felt like a 4-2-4 but not an attacking 4-2-4 like they just the players just seemed to just know exactly where to be all the time in terms of their defensive shape was was top draw and don't get me wrong you'd expect Sheffield Wednesday to to have the ball and break it break a team down at the bottom of the table especially with where they want to be their aspirations but at the same time, Forest Green, to their credit, really defended resolutely. And in the end, they, they had two or three of the best opportunities that day. And just odd that it was in front of the sky cameras. And it was it was on a Sunday. It was just everything was very, very different that day. And there was just a, an air of positivity in the first 10, 15 minutes. The fact that they can go toe-to-toe with them and, and actually come out on top in a, in a few, few situations or just pressing the goalkeeper to give the ball away or just getting up the pitch in some sort of way. And and Forrest Green actually came away with a really good result, a really good performance. That was a complete 90 minutes of football that they just haven't done enough this year. Yeah. And some would probably say it's a typical big dunk performance. Um, I know you've mentioned, oh, we probably should have come on to him earlier, to be honest. I've been dying to talk about big Duncan Ferguson. Um, no affiliation with Everton, Scotland or, or anything, but... He's a, he's a man in football that you can't help but admire. I think he wears his his heart on his sleeve. I was always a big fan of when he took those kind of caretaker roles at Everton and was around kind of the first team. I know that you speak to him on a regular basis. What, what's your thoughts on on Big Dunk? He's just incredibly honest. Um, everything that he says, if you ask him a particular question, he will answer it honestly. And that's everything that you want from from managers, transparency and, and what you see is what you get. And it's kind of exactly what you thought Big Dunk is going to be all about, to be honest. Um, it definitely mellowed over over the years in terms of you see some of the, the stories that, that happened. But he doesn't tend to to get really angry. The first time I saw him get angry on the touchline was was to kick the, the advertising boards against Sheffield Wednesday, actually, when um, Carl McAllister reversed the ball instead of shooting towards towards the one corner. And he um, he kicked the advertising boards. But in terms of everything that he wants to get from his team, he he thinks he's getting it. He, he's, I think he's 11 games in, has only picked up one win, has only picked up, I think, five points, but he's been incredibly unlucky in that time. I think taking the lead in five of the 11 games and you think you'd normally come away with a better a point tally than that, but it's been a, it's been a feature of the season, to be honest. Um, he's come in, he's kept the team compact. Everything that you kind of would expect with with what Everton were at the time whenever he takes over. It was always a get the team in a solid shape, get the team exactly where you want them to be and get them to try and play through your shape um, and then try and play on the counter-attack as much as possible. I don't think this team will by any means be the team that faces up next year. I think he will get his own players in. Wouldn't be in Tyler Oniango who 
he managed to get in in the couple of days that he did have at Forest Green. And unfortunately, he came down with a quite a bad muscle injury, literally in a couple of games in. So he's been a bit of a miss as well. It's just it's been an unfortunate start, but I think it's easier to judge Duncan Ferguson on next year's with with the preseason, making sure the he abides by his five and a half year deal, which is another incredible thing that that Duncan's come down for. Yeah, and I think he came. I saw a, an article where he he said that you know even if Everton came knocking now, as much as he loves Everton, you know he's going nowhere. And I guess for fans who at the start were probably quite in awe of of seeing him come through the door, to hear that, I think given the fact that he's got that length of contract, I imagine the fan base have taken. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Yeah, and he's brilliant with the with everybody that he walks past as well. You, you think sometimes that big professional football or doesn't necessarily have that sort of same warmness to the fans, I suppose. And every time he goes down the tunnel or something like that, he'll he'll make sure that he goes and sees the the little child in the front row or or something like that. It's it's just little things like that will just live long in the memory of that person. And I think he thinks like that. Every time there's certain autographs to be to be wrote out, he, he'll do it. He'll have pictures with everyone. Um, I think at the first few away games, there was always an executive box behind that would always just be waiting that extra 10 minutes after the after the interviews, just to try and get a glimpse of him, get a picture. But he was always open to it. There's never a time when he, he'd be particularly off with it, even if it's a performance or a result that's not necessarily gone for a screen's way. So... He still comes across as a very open, genuine guy. And you probably saw that video that appeared on social media not so long ago of him doing a little dance in the car after after that win against Sheffield Wednesday. I think that's just a part of what he is. And he's pretty open and everything that what you see is what you get with him. Yeah. Well, I wish him well. I don't wish him well on Friday, obviously. Um, but past that, I, I definitely wish uh, Duncan and, uh, and Forrest Green well. Um, so just want to talk to you now, I guess, about dangerous players that Derby should potentially look out for. Who would you say is, is kind of top of that list? Who's going to cause Derby the most problems on Friday if they're on form? I'd say Jordan Garrick has always got an eye for a goal. I think he's got four goals already since joining in January. Um, oddly, hasn't really completed 
many 90 minutes, if if any. I don't think he has completed a 90 minutes in, in any of the games so far. So I tried to ask Dunk, what do you want from him? What more do you want? He's getting the goals. And he just wants them to keep the ball a little, be- little bit better, that ball retention. He needs to just be able to hold the ball when when you need the team to get up a little bit. So he'll be a danger. Um, no injury news on him, to be honest. Um, the presser is tomorrow, so I can't really give too many updates in terms of who's going to be fit and available in terms of from the, on the back of the Portsmouth game. But Corey O'Keefe is another one. He's um, a right-back by trade, but progressively got further up the pitch this year, and he's been a, a danger. He's was highest top top assist maker for Forest Green, I think, this season. So he's got a lot of quality. You need to make sure that you need to keep him quiet, just come off the back of a suspension as well. So he'll be raring to get back out there. And I suppose Carl McAllister has been quite important lately as well. He's um, just offered a little bit of something different, hit a bit of a purple patch in terms of form and not necessarily comes in goals all the time, but in terms of just little upward upward moments of appearances and I think Carl McAllister's certainly been one of those who, who's made a difference. Harvey Bunker in midfield as well, for his age, 19 years old, taking a lot of responsibility since coming back on loan from back on loan from Scunthorpe. And I think for his age, he's done absolutely brilliantly. Settled back into the to the lineup really well. Be interesting to see how he copes until the end of the season. He's the sort of profile of a player that that Big Dunk will want next season as well. Yeah. And, and one player I wanted to talk to you about, I know we spoke off air just, just briefly about him, Charlie Savage, son of Robbie Savage, for anyone that, that doesn't know that. Um, obviously, come on loan from, from Manchester United, quite a, a coup. We were saying that he obviously had that European um, appearance. How's he kind of settled in on his uh, on his loan move? One thing you would say is is Robbie Savage and, and Charlie Savage both have settled brilliantly. Um Robbie is always at the home games, it seems, and it's it's all credit to, to Robbie for, for coming down. Um, he scored his first goal against Bristol Rovers, which was a really well-taken goal, actually. Ball just set back for him on the edge of the box, and he's drilled it left-footed past the Bristol Rovers goalkeeper who parried it into the into the roof of the net. But that was a lovely moment. You could watch Charlie Savage on the pitch celebrate and then turn around and and, and see Robbie Savage celebrating on the TV. So it was, it was a real odd moment to to kind of see that, that that ended up going on Twitter and seeing it over all social media. So that was quite nice. He settled well, obviously chose against going on Wales under 21's duty as well, which was uh, quite a good moment for, for Forrest Green. They're able to to say um, how committed he was to the cause. And that was actually the the one moment where Charlie Savage played in, in the Sheffield Wednesday game and just every all hands to the pump kind of thing. And, and Charlie Savage has certainly been one, got a lot of enthusiasm, great attitude, willing runner as well. Just be interesting to see where he ends up next season, whether Duncan Ferguson will be trying to talk to him about maybe coming again next season. Yeah. And is there any similarities? I mean, you, you watch him, you know, week in, week out. Is there any similarities between him and his old man? Are you seeing anything? Is there, I suppose, I don't know what, how to describe Robbie Savage. Do you say the word flair, maybe pettiness, maybe gamesmanship? I don't know. I think he's got a lot of enthusiasm is, is the one thing he, he does. Not as aggressive as his old man, I wouldn't say, um, but certainly gets through a lot of running and almost playing the hole a little bit at the moment. I wouldn't say it's his necessarily preferred position. I think he wants to try and play a little bit deeper. He's got all the attributes in terms of technical ability. Um, 
probably more so than in in time probably robbie also he used to get a bit of stick for his his lack of technical ability but it was never the case was it really if you if you're a top top pro like like robbie was you can't you can't be bad at playing football it's not just all, all tackles is it but um interesting to see how charlie develops to be honest um whether he still has those traits of 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 robbie but at the same time just trying progressive football as well if he has just the career that robbie has he'll, he'll certainly have a really good one yeah for sure well, I want to talk to you, I guess, about how Forest Green approach fixtures at home um, and if there's any difference between home and away. Is is it one kind of brand of, of big dunk football or how do you think they'll approach the game on, on Friday? There's certainly a careful approach in, in terms of the general way that, that big dunk plays at the moment. don't necessarily think he's got all the, the elements that he, he wants in his squad. So I think he wants to main, maintain that defensive structure at all times. Just being difficult to break down is is the real one key. Whether they go, whether they're at home away, I think they'd want to be more on the front foot in terms of counter-attacking at home. You have got the fans to be able to get involved as well, which they were brilliant against, against Sheffield Wednesday for that exact reason. But at the same time, um, always more difficult going away from home. Starting to get a bit more, bit more fanfare around, around Duncan. So maybe they'll be be important. I think it will be a four-three-three formation. It, it's not necessarily difficult to, if you if you watch Forest Green, quite often it's not too difficult to know what kind of players will be in that sort of shape as well because the injury situation at the moment's not been great. Struggling to fill a bench at some points, which considering eleven players came in in January, I think the same number left as well or recalled or released. Um, but at the same time, if you're having that much change, that much overhaul, you kind of would expect to be able to to have still strength in depth and it's not necessarily something they've really got. Yeah. And what do you feel? I mean, you know, looking at the table, it it, it looks like, you know, there's multiple nails in the coffin. I mean, it's going to take something quite, quite drastic and, um, Mathematically, I guess it's not over until it's over. What are the aspirations of Forest Green until the end of the season? I personally think that that planning for next season would be would be going on. Um, it's the writing's on the proverbial ball, isn't it? Really, with with twelve points to to kind of shift, with seven games to play. I think Oxford still got eight to play. It's it's very difficult to see. Obviously the. The, the club will still maintain the, the stance that it's it's not over till it's mathematically over. But at the same time, the words are, are coming out saying that they're not looking at the table. So it's it's focused on every game. It's ensuring that the players can do the, the possibly the best they possibly can at every every point. The running's still still difficult. Barnsley at home, Derby at home, Wickham away is not going to be um, an easy task either. But at the same time, they just got to try and pick up as many points as they can, and and you never know. But yeah, I'd, I'd probably say the planning for next season is so important. Uh, Chief scout appointed today. That'll be um, get the ball rolling for for summer recruitment as well. I'm sure, and it's, it's a big big job as well. Unsure how many players are actually contracted for next season, so there could be a, a quite quite a change. And I'm sure Big Dunk um, will be front and center of the plans as well. Yeah. 
And like we've said there, even if Everton come knocking, if if Sean Dyche, um, you know, <laughs> doesn't perform as well as he's doing, which is typical Sean Dyche. I mean, that's not typical Sean Dyche, sorry. Um, Big Dunk seems like he'll be there for the foreseeable. So, yeah, like I said before, wishing uh, wishing Big Dunk well. Well, the biggest question, I guess, Josh, um, and it's one that we ask every uh, person that comes on our preview show, What's your prediction for the game? Um, a score prediction. I think Derby will be strong. My my gut feeling was was two nil to be honest to Derby. Um, be a very very difficult game, but at the same time, you, you guys aren't on the best of form, like you said. So it's. I think at the same time, you've got to appreciate the quality that that's in that that Derby County lineup and come to to Forest Green. They would be fully expecting to to score a couple goals. I'd say. Said the same about Sheffield Wednesday. I think my score prediction was three-one. That day, I did I did say that I thought Forest Green would score, um, but that was about as far as my my optimism went. So, um, interesting to see how it goes. Um, I think Derby would be expecting to win the game, try and stop that that flow of of, of defeats. So, at the same time, Forest Green can they just cause something without any pressure? They've got to try and play with that pressure until the end of the season, despite the the league position. You never you never quite know. So um, just give it as best they can, and you, you just never know if if McGoldrick's there. I'm sure he'll be he'll be certainly interested in goals. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, like you say there, I mean we're we're coming off the back of three games where we've not scored a goal. Um, <laughs> on paper, it's one of those where you look at and think. You know, it's the, it's the ideal game to to kind of bounce back. But as we know, football throws up all sorts of results, and your result against Sheffield Wednesday is a prime example of why we we can't come into this game and think we're just going to come and, and and get the three points and everything will be uh, everything will be fine after. So, I think it's it's got potential to be a one nil either way. Um, I'd say for me. You know, I think it's. I hope and I think it's probably going to be in in our favour. But equally, you know, if it is nervy, if the fans at Forest Green can can kind of g you up, and we don't score, I think in situations where Derby don't score, you know, in the first thirty minutes, we we I tend to panic, and I know the rest of the fan base panic, and I think the players do as well. So yeah, I'm going to go for a one nil Derby win. But equally, I would not be surprised to see a a one nil Forest Green. Um, win as well so let's see what happens um josh thanks so much for for joining us today it's been really good to get insight into um into forest green and and what to expect on friday um if you have enjoyed listening to this preview show then please get in touch let us know um rate us five star on spotify um if you if you've got the time but yeah josh thanks so much all the best past Friday. Um, and thanks so much for, for joining us this evening. Thank you very much. Been a pleasure. Cheers. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.